Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Don't foul. Embiid will not go. It's a wrap. Game time. Drive home safe to Chicago. Beep, beep. Another big win. For the first time in six years, the Bulls have won three consecutive games in Philadelphia. They had a seven-game run over those three-plus seasons. And they have... Picked up three straight in Philly. They knock off Big one of the win. best teams in the Eastern Conference. Big win, Adam. It was, a, it was a gut check. Down the stretch, could have gone either way three minutes ago in the game. We've seen it. They pulled it out. That was Stacey King and our very next guest uh, talking about the Bulls. And I love the energy. I love the inflection. You could tell it's different when the Bulls are winning at the end of a game. That's why I love hearing the voice. Bulls almost certainly uh, with an impressive victory in Philadelphia, and it includes a victory against Miami in this tough stretch against good teams. Uh, it was, I think it was a six-game stretch the Bulls were on before they have to take on the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, still got the Lakers. But, um, I mean, just tough. Tough all the way around for the Bulls, and, but I, I think they're finding a way, and it's somehow, some way, it's still more interesting than whatever we've been watching for the last year. And we get to discuss not only the state of the Chicago Bulls, but the future as well with our next guest uh, joining us on the Circus Sports Illinois Hotline, of course, 
play-by-play voice for the Chicago Bulls, and you can also hear him on Fox covering NFL and Major League Baseball. There's none other than Adam Amin. Adam, what's going on, man? What is good, brother? Good to hear you guys' voices, man. Likewise, likewise. Uh, let's let's start with the win over Philly first, you know, because I thought in the beginning of the game it looked like, you know, Philly wasn't too interested in whatever was going on, right? <laughs> I mean, he had him be doing his thing, but everybody else was just like, yeah, we're playing the Bulls, it's whatever. And then the Bulls, for you know, in the second half, that was the most impressive thing for me, Adam, was you saw a team that, you know, not to talk trash about them, but but more often than not, that, that's where the, the distance would grow between them and the opponent. But for what, what, what did you see specifically that – that got the Bulls, like where they took the hit on the, on the chin and then they came back. That's what it felt like in that second half. I think when you finally have a little bit of consistency in terms of what type of offense you're running, what type of effort you're going to give, and what type of scheme you're going to put out there game to game to game, I think it helps. Like Stacey and I have talked a lot about, we've probably said the word identity more times than I can count at this point over the course of the season. And we've said that a lot, probably over the last calendar year, like what is this team's identity? Yeah, even last year, at least you could say, well, this team is built on a front court de- or it's, you know, it's a backcourt defense, but what they do at the front of their defense with Caruso, they had Pat Beverly uh, Williams was playing, obviously Kobe white was getting a little bit better defensively last year. At least you could say, well, they're, they're winning some games on their defense or a top five ranked defense last year. There was so much muddled play in the first, I don't know, 19 games, 20 games, whatever it is. There was so much muddled play that we kept asking consistently, almost night in and night out, Stacey, what's this team's identity? Adam, I don't know what this team's identity is. And I think that's kind of where, where this team was at. And over the last nine games, part of it is because when you don't have an elite, elite level scorer on a consistent basis, or at least a guy with a track record of the capability of elite level scoring like a Zach Levine, you have to figure out what you're going to do offensively. And I think they've done a really good job without Zach of figuring out what is the best possible way to play offensively. What's an identity. And the reason identity is that much more important is because when you have struggles, like you were just talking about Gabe, what do you do to rectify it within a game so that the game doesn't just slip away from you. And we've seen them respond a lot better, go back to their identity. And what that identity is, is ball movement, Kobe White being the main ball handler, getting Vucevic in the post, getting him touches at various spots on the floor, a little bit less iso ball, and a lot more cutting and player movement. And all of a sudden, when you have that as your identity, you can always go back to that. And I think the Bulls have done that in response to some of the slower starts or when some of these teams get out in front of them, like you just talked about with Philly on Monday. Is is this, Adam, sustainable without an Mm, elite-level scorer? Mark, it's sustainable without an elite-level scorer. Here's what's, what hurts. And, and I know there's a lot of people out there who are Zach Levine you know, detractors, and, uh-huh. and I can understand it because when you've seen it for nine games without him and you go, well, this is how you should be playing, I can understand the correlation of those things. The nights where you miss Zach Levine the most are the nights where shots aren't going down for the other guys. Philadelphia just dealt with that on Monday night. You said it. Embiid was great. Tyrese Maxey was doing all right for a quarter. Nobody else was making shots. And they were still in that game. They lost it, but they were still in that game because they have a guy who could put up 40 and a second guy who can put up 25, 20 to 30 points on on any given night. Now, Kobe White has been that guy, and I'm hoping that that continues to be the case because it seems like he's found it. So to me, it feels like you're going to start to expect it from Kobe. But even every player is going to go through nights where 
The shots just aren't going down. Sure. The Bulls have been much better from three-point range over the last nine games because they're getting better looks through their ball movement. But there are going to be nights where those shots don't go down, and that's when you're going to miss a Zach Levine type of player who can all of a sudden turn it on and put together a 20-point you know, stretch in two quarters. Now, Kobe's done that. DeMar DeRozan has done that. I don't think Kobe has enough of a track record yet, but I'm starting to see that this is going to become more of a consistent thing. And DeMar, you know, teams are going to be doubling him or gunning for him late in, late in games when he does have the ball in his hands. So that, that's my defense of Zach Levine right now. I think this needs to be, though, the style of play that continues the rest of the way because I do think this style is sustainable. Getting better looks, moving a lot without the basketball is never something that ever goes out of style in the NBA. He's Adam Amin joining us here on 670 The Score. Gabe Ramirez, Mark Grody filling in for Parkins and Spiegel. I, 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 my concern is, or not even concern, because I've been saying it for, for like a week and a half now, Adam, that I think the Bulls are going to make the play-in. I just like the way that they've been playing as of late. I think they can be a try-hard team that gets to that, that position. And I also feel like, you know, in the event they do trade Zach Levine, you know, whatever you add to this team and the way it's playing is just going to obviously put them in a better position. But, but that is the question that I have. I mean, this style of basketball with this particular team, obviously there's a level of familiarity with people that are there. Um, if you were to add in some pieces, you know, and it's not going to be just, you know, low-level role players, you're going to add someone that probably is a starter if you move on from Zach Levine. H- how does that affect a team like the Bulls, one that is is trying to, you know, determine what their identity is without Zach Levine, but then also maybe understanding that there will be some pieces that will be coming in in the future? Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of, you know, hypotheticals here, but it's not all that hypothetical, right? We're not talking in hyperboles. You're talking real-world possibilities mm-hmm. here. So I think, um, like, let's, I, you know, you're seeing a lot of, like, names like D'Angelo Russell come back. Like, that's an interesting one. I think that would be the type of player that would kind of throw a wrench into the plans, not necessarily disrupt everything that, that the Bulls have been doing as of late, but – the positional battle, you know, D'Angelo Russell has been a point guard for most of his career. Uh, he can play off the ball. You're essentially putting two combo guards together, potentially in a backcourt with Kobe White and D'Angelo Russell, because Kobe's made a pretty good case that he should be the main ball handler for the majority of games and for the rest of the season. So I think if that comes in, you have to figure it out. I mean, that's, that's any team when you make moves, when you make trades, when you add or subtract pieces and have to figure out a new chemistry. That's what's so fascinating, obviously, about the NBA you know, it's five guys on the floor at any given time, and how do these puzzle pieces fit together? I think that's been kind of the problem for the Bulls. Like, over the last, you know, year and a half, really almost two years now without Lonzo Ball, where do the puzzle pieces go? You know, and I think that's still something that they're trying to figure out. So that's a positive of it, or at least that's a case for it, where they're still working through what their identity is going to be consistently going forward. So you don't have, you're not necessarily married to one thing. This is the thing that's been showing the best results with this particular group. So I think you're looking for a new addition, any new addition, whether it's a starting type player or role player to come in and figure out, well, what's the best way to implement myself into this current iteration of the offense, what they do defensively and what the personnel is like, like that's, that's the job of a head coach. That's the job of players who are conscientious about making the choice to be good teammates. And I think that's something that we've seen in these last 10 games, like guys have made the choice. All right, I'm going to sacrifice some things to get a better look for somebody else. Or this guy's the hot guy. Let's go there. 
every player who comes in is going to have to kind of buy into that if they want to have any level of success going forward. One guy whose identity has become stronger lately, and Gabe and I were talking about this guy before the show, and that's that's Nikola Vucevic. Orlando and, Vucevic, <laughs> Grody. Orlando Vucevic. <laughs> he hitting three, three triples in the fourth quarter, just looking confident, uh, doesn't seem to be – feeling the, the the rush anymore. What have you thought about Vucevic's play, and why has he been thriving? Well, I think part of it, too, is he's been more selective on his three-point shots, and he's been much more consistent about taking them in the flow of the offense. And I don't think the offense in this last 9-10 game stretch has had him, as, uh, had him on the perimeter as often as he was in the previous iteration. And again, that's kind of the thing when you have – Levine, DeRozan, and Vucevic all together on the floor at once can be kind of hard to find your spots on the interior because you know two guys are going to be – all three guys essentially have the ability to get inside the arc, right? Vucevic is a very good post-up player. DeRozan is an excellent mid-range player. And Zach Levine is a slasher. Well, everything about those three elements of basketball on the offensive end is all generated from inside the arc. So Vucevic would sacrifice a lot of his stuff on the inside to make sure that there wasn't an extra shot blocker there. He would take his defender out out of the perimeter and you've got to get him involved and he's got to get touches and shots. So early in games, his focus would be, well, let me get a couple of three point shots up and try to get into a rhythm that way. And if it doesn't work well, eventually we see him go down to the post and you hope that guys are looking for him. But now it's more, let me get into the post early because that's the main position I want to be in. Kobe White's doing a lot of his damage on the three-point line, and then down to about 15 feet, so around the foul line area. Vucevic can operate within the post, and DeMar is kind of, to his credit, finding his moments to maybe take some more jump shots, waiting with the right combination of players on the floor to take his shots. Like I, th- I think guys have kind of figured out what the puzzle pieces are in this particular case. And I think Vucevic has been a really big beneficiary of it because most of his work now is being done inside the post. A lot of his damage is being done there, and – as Stacey, you know, aptly pointed out the other night with Joel Embiid, you do have to make some shots when you have a, a real, you know, presence down near the post on, a, on the defensive end. Like tonight's kind of important because Anthony Davis is a really good shot blocker. He's one of the best shot blockers in the league, and he's a little bit slower out on the perimeter. So if you can make a couple of shots from the three-point line, now all of a sudden you're going to open things up on the floor for the rest of the for the rest of the guys on the floor to try to open some things up by the rim. So I think that's kind of been the the general theme of how Vucevic has had the opportunities as, that he's been picking up over the last 10, 11 games. Yeah, I think when you watch him play, you know, when he when he gets rid of the ball, he's not fearful that it'll never come back to him. If he takes a shot and misses it, he doesn't look like, oh damn, I might not see the ball for five possessions. There's just little things like that. And then you know he's a, a willing passer. So he does get it on the block and, you know, take that step to face up the rim. I mean, he's always looking for that cutter as well. So it's been, it's been fun to watch Vooch play some, uh, some basketball lately. We're talking to Adam Amin here on 670. The score, Gabe Ramirez, Mark Grody filling in for Parkinson Spiegel. Adam, I know, I know you're a DJ. And <laughs> I start thinking to myself, and I still got, I can't believe I missed you at prison that one day. I had, I had a guy going and everything. I was so pissed. Anyway, that's a whole, whole other conversation. Um, but if you, were to, if, you were to liken, if you were to liken a song, Right, if you were behind the turntables and you were watching the Bulls play, right, and you're asked to to mirror uh, mirror the state of the team via a song or an artist, right? Who would it be? And I'm going to give you a second because I know it's a hard question. 
I'm going to give you a second because I had a couple in my on my mind. All right. Here's the thing. How about how about you guys move on to the next question? I'm going to I'll save that for the end because I'll, I'll be like thinking about now it. Now you got one. Okay. Over the next can, minutes. Is that all right? Well, yeah. That of right? course. Of course. I'm going to tee you up though. Right. So so initially right. my 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 thought was uh was Ed Sheeran bad habits. You know, from the beginning of the season, oh. and then and then God, this, is, this is the first, this is this is B96 game right now. No, 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 no. And then it was, no, I love it. I'm telling you, I love this. this I got I got to marry everything, right? And then I think yeah, now man. the way they're playing is Lizzo about damn time. All right, so now we'll move on to the next question. You get a chance to think about oh, okay. that. Okay, I will okay, go. Okay, where okay. my demons at now is what <laughs> I would go with in, in this case, if I may, if I may. Um, my question for you is, I I, I got to ask you about what LeBron James is doing, man. The dude is in his 20s. 21st season, uh, 25, 7, and 7. Just as an appreciator of the NBA, Adam, what what do you think about LeBron? Is this guy ever going to stop? He's he's made the jokes that he wants to reach 40,000 points and then play five years as a lefty or or get the 5,000 more points as a left-hander and then call it quits. Uh, I I think the honest thing is he wants to be able to play with both of his kids. Like I I really do think that has become a thing. Over the course of the last couple of years, it was nice to see his son, Bronny, be able to make his USC debut uh, about two weeks ago after, uh, you know, he had the cardiac issue in July. Apparently, he has a congenital heart issue. So it was good to see him make his debut in college. And I think, you know, Bryce is having a really solid run. He's good. And I think, I think he's a senior, or might be a junior. I can't remember now off the top of my head. Um, but, you know, he's going to be probably in the NBA in a, in a few years. He might actually be the better player of the two, of the two sons. So I think LeBron has kind of talked about wanting to do that. So I, I still see him going. I don't know if he'll, he'll stop until he at least gets that opportunity. And I'm sure whatever team he wants to be associated with will probably sign those two guys at some point if he'd, if, uh, he'd, he'd make it clear that, that, was, that those were his wishes. I mean, it's been, it's been very impressive. He had another triple-double the other night. He's, he's still you know, in, in really good shape. He can still be a dominant player in this league. And you know, to, until – he sets every mark that he wants to hit. I think he's going to keep on going. But it is impressive, man. 21 years in the league. Uh, we'll show you tonight the first game he played at the United Center and the first game he played against the Bulls 20 years ago tonight, and he put up 32 in wow. assists. So mm, he's, wow, he's been nice. doing it. And it's, it's weird to think he's been doing it for 20 years. The score in that game, by the way, 95-87 to 87 oh, man. years with the win over the Bulls. If you want to know what kind of – Basketball was yep. being played 20 years ago yep. before the adjustment of the rules. Yep. That was the final score in a game where LeBron scored 32 points. Kendall Gill started for the Chicago Bulls in that, oh, in that game. Nice. Carlos, Carlos Boozer started in that game for the Cleveland Cavaliers oh, when LeBron man. James was a rookie. That is that is some good stuff right there, Adam. I mean, I mean the fact that LeBron has just been doing I mean, because every year you just see LeBron and you're like, okay, this is the year. For me, it's I think that he's going to always get hurt. I'm like, you can't be that old playing at that level, going to the rim with that tenacity and, and not get injured. And then he just defies it every single year. And you want to be a LeBron hater, but it's hard to be when the man is putting up stats and yeah. numbers the way that he is. I'm just like, this will be a year, Adam, where I would look at that team and say, okay, you're, you're, you're fresh for, from a, for a season, so you feel good. But then like the cynic in me would be like, but it's not sustainable for an entire NBA season. <laughs> We always say that, and then it turns out to be sustainable for pretty much an entire NBA season. I mean, he has had some injury issues, though, too, like over the last couple of years, and he's had missed some time, and missed some time last season as well. I think he was uh, he came back in, uh, I want to say it was January or March, against the Bulls. Like, he had missed, the, like, 10 or 15 games uh, last season, and then he finally came back against Chicago when they were in Los Angeles. So he's had to deal with some of the injury issues over the last couple of years, but I, that's probably helped him in some way to at least be able to get some time off 
you know, this policy of not being able to rest multiple players on the same night, that's probably affected the Lakers a little bit. But to Anthony Davis's credit, he, has, he hasn't missed any games. I think he's missed one game this season uh, or maybe two over the course of the year. LeBron's only missed one. So to those guys' credit, they've performed very well and they've stayed in the lineup more often than not, but the concern is always the injury issue. Now, if they get over that and they're healthy, this Lakers team is still pretty good, and I know they're going to be very uh, very much considering making some moves to try to get better before the trade deadline and try to make another deep playoff push like they did last year. The Bulls announced an injury yesterday, too, and it was Torrey Craig with the, the plantar fascia sprain. What are the, the Bulls going to be missing without Torrey Craig for a while? Well, you need somebody to make sure that they keep the floor spaced. He was shooting about 38% from three above league average. So you need somebody out there who's going to be able to make up for that. And then more importantly, his toughness on defense, his toughness rebounding, he was often getting, uh, with the second unit, he was often getting the toughest defensive assignment. And when the lineups were staggered for the Bulls and you know you see the lead guy for the other team, or at least the guy who's a swing man, that's who Torrey Craig was guarding. So you're already losing significant at both ends of the floor and it's for a long period of time the eight to ten week thing is is yeah. big too apparently it's going to take a month of no you know you, you, it has to be immobilized just to be able to recover for four months so that's going to be really tough uh or four weeks beg your pardon and then another four weeks after that for recovery so it's going to be really tough for the bulls to kind of last without this because you're losing so much defensive effort and that's been one of the things that's been just better over the course of the last you know nine ten games as we talked about their defense has been better they were you know, towards the bottom third of the league over the course of the first 20 games. They're more middle of the pack now uh, on the defensive side. And, and again, another shooter that you're losing. So that, that's, a, that's a really tough loss. I think it's an undervalued loss. You know, I don't, I don't know if we're going to be, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about it as time goes on. Uh, you hope not to see the effects. But guys like Io Dosumu are going to have to be more important. This is going to be really important for a guy like Julian Phillips, yep. you know, the rookie out of Tennessee who's, who's had run over the course of these last couple of weeks, but now you're really going to have to fill in some minutes. And the other part of this is we know Alex Caruso, he plays at full speed at all times, and he's liable to maybe get banged up and miss a game or two here and there. So you're really going to sag defensively if you don't have both of those guys on the floor. And, you know, we've seen that a couple of times over the course of the year. So that's what you're missing without Torrey. Well, this is what the uh, young Bulls wanted, an opportunity to get some playing time and, and to show that they can – uh, be established, uh, you know, rotation players in this league, and we'll get an opportunity to see that tonight as the Bulls take on the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, you can listen to Adam, me, and Stacey King tonight. It'll be good stuff. Great stuff, Adam. I appreciate uh, you giving us some of your time. And text me later with that song, okay? Oh, I was going to say, it's uh, Fleetwood Mac landslide into Nirvana <laughs> turnaround. How's that? Is that oh, right? you're speaking my language now. I like it. All right. Adam, appreciate like you, man. Yeah, wow. Appreciate you, man. See you, man. Adam I, Amin hanging I, out with us on 670 The Score. I was going to say, I, I kind of like the, the Pumpkins version of Landslide better. Okay. But, but yeah, either either way. I mean, I, I understand where he's coming when from. I, when I first, you know, was, was getting in tune with Adam Amin's DJing abilities, I was genuinely curious, and I was like, I want to go see you play because I'm just curious what kind of music you're going to play. Yeah. And then I yeah. asked him, and then I was like, what kind of music is your set like? He's like, yeah. oh, you know, a little bit of everything. Okay. Because he's from Chicago, so that, yeah, that makes sense. You. It's not just techno or just, you know, house or just hip-hop. It's like a little bit of blended of everything. Yeah. By the way, I mentioned the Doja Cat, the Demons. Did I'm you go sure see her? Song. No. Oh. No. I, I, Let's not do I Let's do it during the commercial break. I didn't. Okay. All right. Hey, I don't want to get in more trouble. You don't want to get more trouble? Oh, I that, always feel icky when people mention B96 when I'm on the score. Why? Because I just don't want to be viewed like that on the score. Really? No, when you see me on the street, it's your that's hipster fine. side, man. That's okay. 
That's all right. There's nothing wrong. Yeah, it's your hipster yeah. side, man. Be yeah, a hipster. All I was going to say about, honestly, all I was going to say about Demons is that's a rock song, man. That song is a rock song. She is quite the character. She is. Those are kidding. Leave it at that. Go Google her performance at yeah. the United Center is oh, what yeah. I'll tell you. Her outfit? Yeah. Gabe and Grody. I'm going to go down to B96 <laughs> right now. Parkinson yeah. Spiegel more after this. It's 670 the score. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. Danny, love to use, love to speak. I give love to Shane, and same thing goes for Danny. Afternoons on the score. Fields looking, backside pressure. Fields spins away. Going the other direction now. Fields on the run, throws for the end zone. Komet with the catch, the toe tap, and the touchdown. Cole Komet gets six, but give Justin Fields the credit there. Little Justin Fields, little Cole Komet action. It's Gabe Ramirez, Mark Grody filling in for Parkinson Spiegel here on 670 The Score. Broadcasting live from the Score Hyundai Studios. Brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. Now, Cole Komet got his money. And people were trashing me, you know, and I was like, eh, Cole Komet, eh. And then he got a couple touchdowns, Groats. And then I feel like he's just been missing in action from the end zone. Like he's been allergic to the end zone. He's still making plays, though. Like, and it's it's so good to see because of the money that he got, and finally he's developing. It, so I think on the overall, I mean, I think yeah. you're right about the end zone. I, I think I'm just saying, I think he's had a really good year. I would, that, I, I just, you know what it is? I would love two, if, if, if there were two other instances throughout the season where Justin Fields just lofted it up to Cole Komet in the end zone. I feel good about. I yeah. feel. I feel perfect about it. Yeah. But the fact that that hasn't happened, I mean, I think that rubs me the wrong way. But he is a fail safe for Justin Fields, and that I do appreciate. Especially We've been begging that, for that. That it's locked in for the next couple of years. You know, Bears giving Cole Komet his money. Looks like Jalen Johnson's going to get his money as he should, it's in uh, some way, shape, or form. Yeah. Hopefully, it's with the Chicago Bears. Uh, but there's another guy that's out there that you know was a part of this conversation at the beginning of the season, and I remember you and I were having this during training camp, like. Put it in order. Who would you re-sign first, and what would that look like? And it, it is none other than Darnell Mooney. Now, you and I were talking before the show, and I was like, yo, if Darnell Mooney goes to Buffalo, if he goes to Miami, which if I were Darnell Mooney's agent, those are the first couple of teams I'd be calling. Hey, you want a speedy slot guy that you that is has surefire hands, that has a, a, a resume with 1,000 yards on it, and you want him for the cheap? Yeah, sure. You're going to go ahead and get him because – I just can't envision a scenario where Darnell Mooney is back with the Bears next year. Yeah, unfortunately, I can't either. I mean, like in terms of this being his his final prove it year with the team. And look, they they loved him when he came in. He was one of the guys that got name checked by Ryan Poles. I mean, he he adores the man Darnell Mooney, but for whatever reason, it has not worked out. I mean, we've talked about it that Cole Komet, that guy you just mentioned. He's the number two targeted receiver on this team. It is not Darnell Mooney, and that's not the way it was supposed to go. Weirdly enough, there's just not a, a great chemistry between Justin Fields and Darnell Mooney, and it's crazy and ironic because of their relationship off of the field. Um, I love just looking at like older draft classes. That, that class, that draft class of 2020, you had Cole Komet, as the second round pick, paid as you said, or will yeah, was paid. Um, also in round two, Jalen Johnson. Mm. Um, and I do think when I said one way or the other, I think that if if they don't give him the extension, he's going to get the the franchise tag. And and oh, yeah, I see. and I think and Jalen Johnson uh, in one of his visits with Parkinson Spiegel, one of the only athletes I've ever heard say, "I'm good with that. That's good money." He said, "That's good money. That's good money." And by the way, 
just looking at some of the my bear stuff here, Jalen Johnson talking about his future again out at Hallis Hall. So I think Chris M will probably have that for us at five o'clock. One way or the other, we will have that for you. So Jalen Johnson being compelling out in Lake Forest today. Uh, Travis Gibson gone. Uh, Kendall Vildor round five as well gone. Then you said Darnell Mooney. They had three fifth rounders that that year. Mooney probably gone. And then good old Arlington Hambright and Lachavius Pig Simmons, the seventh rounders, are no longer to be. And that, that this was not a uh, a Ryan Poles draft class. Yeah. But he he it feels like he should he will have kept at least two out of a uh, Ryan Pace draft class. Those being Cole Komet and Jalen Johnson. And yeah, I can't. I do not see a scenario anymore where Darnell Moody, I mean, unless he does like a one-year deal no. or if they know it's going to be a different quarterback. I wouldn't. If, I, I, if I'm I, Darnell Mooney, I'm just not doing that. Oh, you wouldn't if you're I'm, Mooney. I'm just, yeah. If I'm yeah. Mooney and I'm Mooney's agent, I'm just done with Chicago. Mm. And what I don't want to do is bank well, why? my why? career. Do you think they, they've done him bad like the, in this offense? You think? No, yeah. no, no, no. I think that I think if you are an above-average wide receiver in the NFL, could we agree on that, that Darnell Mooney's a Above average, I agree with that. Yes, yeah. yes, I maybe would say not above significantly average. above average, but just above average. Yeah, I would. I think that's question. fair. That's fair. And yeah. I think if I'm an above average wide receiver, you know, leaning into free agency, I just know with the way the NFL is now with offenses that I can go to a team that that focuses on the pass. Yeah, yep. right. That that, yep. that that already has a gunslinger under center. Like yeah. I just would rather. I mean, I, again, why would I go back to? No shade of Justin Fields, but if he's the quarterback or it is a rookie or whatever it might be, it's like there's uncertainty there. And I know I can be like, hmm, all right, uh, I don't know. I'm going to go to Kansas City like you were saying. Yeah. The Bears, hey, come on, they'll wear you down, man. You play offense for the Chicago That's what I'm Bears. Saying. I mean, what, like Allen Robinson, he got worn down, man. And, like, I know he never thrived after the Bears, but it just feels like – there's so many Bears offensive players. It never ends well. It never ends well. Ever. 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 Brandon Marshall. Alshon Jeffrey. Alshon and you Jeffrey. you go to the Eagles and win a Super Bowl. Uh, yeah, that's true. I guess, yeah, it never really got bad with Alshon Jeffrey. He did have the one. He did po- test positive for steroids. Coronavirus? One, oh. No, no, not, not that. No, he Corona? went around on the road. Yeah. No, that, okay. Alshon, that, that's, a, that's a pretty good one. Although Alshon... I wasn't covering the Bears then, but all the people who reported on the Bears then said he just didn't want to be here. And one of the reasons was the the cold, but then he goes to Philadelphia, which I know is not as bad as Chicago, but that still, still sucks. It's a cold. still sucks. Yeah, it's still yeah. bad out there. Yeah. My one run-in with Alshon Jeffrey, he and I judged the McDonald's All-American Slam Dunk oh, competition. Oh, cool. When Grayson Allen won. Oh. So he and I were next to each other. Got his phone number, never called him. Oh, wow. You didn't text them or anything? Or? For what? What am I going to say? I don't know. Just, hey, man, Gabe, what's going on? I'm pissed that you're leaving. I don't know. Create create a little relationship. I should have texted like- them when, he, when when the Eagles beat the Bears in the playoffs and then and been like, I hate you. <laughs> so, I don't know. It's not stupid. Like that. I mean, but you could have gotten some information. Like, dude, why why would you leave one cold-weather city for another cold-weather city? What was it about the Bears that you just you just wanted out, man? See, that's what I mean. Like, So Alshon as well. They just get worn down. It's tough here, reason. man. It's tough to be an offensive player. People say this is where wide receivers go to die, and quarterbacks for oh, that man. matter. Musin Muhammad uh, was the one that said that years ago. That's uh, where people go to. Yeah, that was where wide receivers <laughs> like, yeah. go to die. Well, also quarterbacks and offensive linemen and tight ends and just about every position except for defense, baby. Yeah, speaking of defense, uh, Jalen Johnson, I'm looking at some of the top top 
uh, paid cornerbacks in the league mm-hmm. for this year. Mm-hmm. You got Jair Alexander sitting at the top with $21 million. Okay. And I'm trying to give you like a range. Yeah, yeah. Right. And you would have to go to the 17th cornerback to get to $11 million. Okay, so okay. number one, 21. Uh-huh. Number 17, 11 million. It's Cam Sutton from Detroit. And, you know, you got Stephon Gilmore making 10 million. So I'm trying to think, like, where Kendall Fuller making 10 million for Washington. Okay. Just trying to put it in perspective. Yeah. We, we know a Kendall yeah. Fuller. Yeah. Um, we, know, we know a Denzel Ward from Cleveland. He's making 20. So uh-huh. somewhere in the middle is a Jalen Johnson, right? Yeah. And that's what, by the way, I mean, he's going to get the average of the top guys if he is to get the transition tag. So he'd right. be making 20 mil, though, next year if they do give that, him to the franchise tag. Is it the average of all cornerbacks or the no, top cornerbacks? No, I think it's the top guys. Oh, I wow. I believe. Okay. I might have that wrong. That's interesting. I, I mean, that's I, still, right. I mean, like you said, it's, it's, it's a pay raise. Yeah. But I'm trying to think where he lands in there. Is he a yeah. Darius Slay making fourteen million? Yeah, is he? Tr- is he? I mean, let's just ask the question. Where is he? Is, a James is, Bradbury making twelve? Is he an elite cornerback? And he's yes. trending towards the answer is, it. Okay, without question, I don't even want anyone to argue that. Yeah, Jalen Johnson is an elite. Okay, th- then you got. Then you just answered the question. Then he's twenty million. I mean, if that if those were the best quarterbacks, if that's the money that they're getting, if he's elite, I mean, that's a strong word, dude. I, I'm in the 15 million range. Why? You just said he's elite. Well, because I could I could think you could still be a top 10 cornerback and be elite. There's so many cornerbacks in the NFL. Okay. So if you're in I the mean, top 10, you're elite, and and 10 is making 14, 8 right now. Okay. So to me, I'm like, you're right there. I think you need 15. to take your elite down to very good then. To to oh, oh no, you know what? You is, need to take your elite Slay, down. Is Darius Slay for the Eagles an elite cornerback? Because he's the 11th highest paid cornerback. Wow, wow. Because I think he is. I mean, I'm I'm trending yes, <laughs> but I mean, I, I don't know. I I think I'm not saying that that he's not that Jalen Johnson's not elite. I'm saying if you're saying he's elite, he's got to make 20 million, and, yeah. and like he's got to be the next guy. Yeah. Well, and, but, I, I, and it sounded like when he talked to Parker the Spiegel last week that like you know he was saying in so many words like. Bears probably cost him a little bit extra money. Like he's he's gonna be asking for more. So yeah, he did say that. I I really feel like I, I agree with you, Greg. I think it's be sixteen five. Can I get a sixteen five? Sixteen five. Anybody? Sixteen five. Seventeen over here. Seventeen. Damn it, we're out. I think part of what he he was saying when he was making his case, like he's like, you can't say I'm not a terrific coverage guy. You can't say that I don't. Um, forced turnovers at this point. You can't say that I don't tackle because some of those, the latter two, were the two critiques of him. So he is making his case publicly for sure, and what he's been doing on the field. So I'm gonna I'm gonna stand by my twenty million dollars. Twenty million. We got twenty in the back. Mark Grody. So that is correct. You're the new GM of the Chicago Bears. All right, we're gonna take a break. On the other side, we're gonna give you an updated look at the current injury report. For Bears and Cardinals, and then we're going to talk about these last couple of games and what it means for the future of not only Justin Fields, but Coach Eberflus. And then don't forget, top of the hour, Chris Emma joins us with his Chicago Bears report as well. It's Gabe Ramirez, it's Mark Grody filling in for Parkinson Spiegel on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. And then I met Buck. Hello, Chicago! Afternoons on The Score. And we got a little remix today. Gabe and Grody, G&G, in the building, holding it down for Parkinson Spiegel. And, you know, if you are going to play some Doja Cat. <laughs> yeah. You could be that, Grody's dancing to it right now. So if you're watching us on Twitch, yeah. you're going to. She rocks, man. You're going to keep doing it to the, in the camera? Hey, hey. Uh, all right, we'll work on that. 
work on that one, Grody. All right, we will be talking about I don't about want this. to upset you. So No, 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 yeah. not at all. Yeah. Not at yeah. all. Yeah. Just yeah. In, insulting my ancestors. Um, but we got our injury report in front of us, and then we are going to discuss um, the last couple of games for the Chicago Bears and the implementation, or excuse me, the what that means for not only Flus but Justin Fields and maybe some other people uh, on there. And then we get Chris Emma at the top of the hour to give us some great audio, including some from Jalen Johnson as well. Um, some people that did not practice today, Tevin Jenkins, as we know, uh, Jalen jo- uh, Jones, Darnell Mooney, Noah Sewell, Demarcus Walker, dealing with that shin injury, and then Equinemius, we know he's been out for quite some time. Yeah. Uh, so that's for the Bears. Uh, Arizona Cardinals, Marquise Brown, wide receiver, we're going to be having, or the Bears are going to have to pay attention to, did not practice. Uh, Greg Dortch as well. And everybody else. <laughs> so I talked to Ed Smith, former NFLer, covers the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, talked to him yesterday. He actually has a ni- had a nine-year stint in the White Sox minor league system. Really? Played with Frank Thomas, Robin mm-hmm. Ventura. A lot of those guys did nine years in the minors, did a career change, and went to the NFL to be a tight end. Pretty okay. cool stuff. All right. Um, I asked him uh, in regards to the Arizona Cardinals. I said, is there a scenario? Because he said he wasn't sure if ownership wanted to stick with Kyler Murray. That's not their guy. They didn't give him the contract. And so he said if there was an opportunity for the Cardinals to move on from him, they would. And so I asked him, I said, you know, here in Chicago, the assumption is it's Bears, it's, you know, it's the Patriots, and then it's the Cardinals, and, like, Marvin Harrison Jr. won't go past number three, and and they're dead set on keeping Kyler Murray. And I said, would there ever be a scenario where the Cardinals might be interested in moving up to number one to leapfrog the New England Patriots to get themselves the quarterback that they want? And then, you know, if they move on from Kyler Murray somewhere else, he said, absolutely. He said, be mindful of teams that are in the teens that want a Kyler Murray and then might be willing to give up a haul for him. And then in return, the Arizona Cardinals, you know, select the quarterback of the future so they can reset that clock so they can have a quarterback on a cheap deal while they're really trying to build this team back up. Could you get Arizona's number one pick next year then, the way they they did with Carolina and then they're bad, and the Bears have, again, like what we're looking at this year, the the one and the five right now. You'd be surprised how many phone calls come in overnight saying, like, dude, you got to, like, if they're talking about, like, dealing drugs, they're like, you, gotta, you already flipped one of them. Look at the return you got. You got to flip that one, too, and then you keep flipping. You keep <laughs> oh, doing yeah. this. And I'm like, guys, that's yeah. not how it works. Right. Like, you do not get that lucky. You you yeah. went to the casino, you put 50 on the number, and it hit on the first spin. Mm-hmm. And what happens at the casino is if you keep doing that, you're going to lose all of your yeah, money. Yeah, that's true. Eventually, you got to put your team together. Um, yeah, no, I think that's Cause what interesting. Because what if you do trade with Arizona, and then it's quarterback, quarterback, Marvin Harrison Jr. at number three, and you did get the haul that you wanted because, you know, you were able to allow Arizona to leapfrog. Because my biggest concern was you'd be having to look at a team to leapfrog New England. Prior to that answer that Ed Smith gave, former NFLer, here on 670 The Score, Prior to that, it was you'd be looking at other teams in the five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten range that would want to leapfrog the the Patriots to get that number oh, one pick. Oh, right. And right. then now it's like, oh wait, there's another scenario where you could end up at three. Yeah, yeah. And man, I can't. I, I, I'm Carolina needs to not win again this year either. They've got Green Bay. They host Green Bay. They're at Jacksonville, and they host Tampa Bay. They should lose all three of those. Games. They will. They will. You think they will? You think? Okay, right now, right now, 
Will the Bears be sitting with the number one overall? Pick? Oh, you're you're not. I'm like 94 percent sure about that. I've got like a little pa- like that put the panic in me when no. Carolina won last week. It's still the NFL. They're gonna be going against the Packers who need to win. Yeah, they're gonna Six be going. Right they're now. gonna be going up against the Jaguars who are trying road. to position themselves. They're gonna win. And Tampa Bay. Let's not forget they're trying to hold on to that top spot in the NFC South. So they're seven and seven. So they so they win. So man, it's it's. I can't wait. And that's what, like, these, these final three games for the Bears, the Bears are they're probably better off losing to Arizona. They're not going to lose to Arizona. Like, Arizona's pretty – oh, 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 oh. You think Arizona – wait a minute. Your eyes are late. No, no, no. no. I, just, I just think there's no surefire victories for oh, the Chicago I Bears. I thought maybe you had a little pick coming no, in no, here no. that you're going to put a little money down on Arizona. When you have a team – To win this game. I mean <laughs> – Sprinkle. Yeah, I guess it is Sprinkle pretty. It. it is pretty naive of me to just assume the Chicago Bears will win a game. Well, you've had a you've had a, a Kyler Murray that's been playing what is it, like last five games, right? Been looking better in each one. He just happened to run into the San Francisco 49ers' last game, and so you know how that is. You you play a really good team, and then when you face someone that's a, a tad bit inferior, you then feel like, oh, okay, we we just faced Juggernaut last yeah. week. We can beat these guys. Right on the road. Let. The- let the pedal off the gas. And yeah, and then there's the whole they're they're out of the playoff picture for all practical purposes. Mm-hmm. So, you know, will there be guys letting up just a little bit? And does the locker room stay together based on some of the comments that were made last week? I mean, I think that's all on the table. Yeah. That's why these games are important. Whether I mean, win or lose, they're important for Matt Eberflus in terms of okay, let's just make sure la- those comments last week were just a little blip, and everybody's still on on the Flus train in terms at least the players. Yeah, let me take you to scenario: Bears up fourteen ten at the half. Uh huh. Bears winning that game. Because oh, to your point, right? Yeah. Like it's fourteen ten. Yeah. You probably feel like you should be in a better position than that, but it is fourteen fourteen ten. If it's fourteen ten. Arizona keeping the game close. I have my doubts. Same. I have my doubts. Same. All yeah. right. Well, we'll get to ask that question to our next guest, who will not only uh, give us his opinion on the last three games for the Chicago Bears, but also give us some some great audio to do that. And don't forget, uh, you know, Remy Martin and 670 The Score want to give you a chance to play hoops on the United Center Court of Dreams. Damn, can I be the coach? Uh, look for the Remy display at your local retailer and scan the code to enter. Details at 670thescore.com slash contests and that is plural put an s at the end of that remy martin team up for excellence make sure you guys uh go ahead and do that all right uh, i don't think this guy drinks any remy martin though chris emma's not a chris oh Emma's not a not a remy martin drinker right? oh well no i mean well, we'll he find drink? out well yeah oh yeah oh god <laughs> does he drink oh right. my god chris emma hanging out with us next what audio does he have to give us some more insight on the chicago bears will play it for you after this it's gabe ramirez it's mark grody it's Chicago Sports Radio 670. Let's go. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this. Why? A lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 
Destination. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.